You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. Good morning. Good to see all of you yet again, and always a privilege to be here at Queen City Church. So I want to hop right in this morning because I feel uh, like what we're going to be talking about is just a really uh, needed topic to go over and a good topic to bring clarity to. Um, and so before we do that, I just want to pray and then we'll start from there. All right. So Lord, thank you so much for this time. Thank you uh, for this church. Thank you for uh, Robin and Donna McMillan. Thank you that um, they poured so much into here and Week after week, we see your hand on this ministry. We see your hand on our community. And Lord, you are guiding us somewhere collectively that we are so um, just grateful for and we are aware of and we are thankful for who you are and uh, that we get to learn about you and we get to follow you and we get to know you. And Lord, we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so one of the things I was thinking of um, as I was preparing for this message is it, I think it's starting to become clear to me, not just here at QCC, but everywhere I go. Uh, as you know, I'm involved with several different things going around, you know, as far as ministry goes. Um, I think one of my callings, if you will, is to take really overhyped subjects and things that are really like... Um, for lack of a better term, kind of shove down our throats at times and unhype them and bring the practical to them. I'm, I'm beginning to learn this in like a really painful way uh, because the Lord is putting me in places that uh, I would say aren't quite like QCC and it's some of those places where, you know, as soon as the service starts, we're kind of um, asking God to forgive our generation like three generations ago for things that we have no knowledge of what we did. You get what I mean? Just kind of like lamenting and ah. And I feel like I'm kind of meant to go in there and bring some practicality to it. And sometimes that is met with like, oh, this is refreshing. And other times that's met with, uh, you know, heresy. So anyway, <laughs> that's my privilege is I get to take things like we're going to talk about today, spiritual hunger, and actually put it, I don't know, in, in terms that are actually like digestible and not necessarily just like hypey. So I'm just saying I'm realizing my role uh, within my communication uh, to the body of Christ, it's really interesting. I'm just hourly processing with you. So uh, as I present this today, I just want you to know where I'm coming from. Uh, but anyway, that all leads me to, we're going to be talking about spiritual hunger. And so how many of you guys have uh, heard in a service before, are you hungry for God? Do you get what I mean? Right? How many times has that made you either stirred? So I've, I've learned there's usually about one or two responses to this. It's either made you feel stirred or it's kind of made you feel like, well, like I'm good. You know, you know what I mean? Like I've got my own hunger. Like you don't need to tell me how do you feel. Any of you feel either one of those? Like when you say, are you hungry for God? It's the either or. Well, both of those feelings can be valid. And I want to talk about how often uh, that phrase can be misunderstood. I think um, sometimes when you hear the word spiritual hunger, uh, the thought of kind of like this striving and this um, it works and all this kind of stuff kind of could come to mind. And that could be from past experience. That could be from uh, maybe things you put on yourselves, whatever. But I want to tell you that spiritual hunger is absolutely the opposite of works and doing a checklist 
It's actually about wonder. It's about seeking. It's about having a never ending desire to know God. And so I want you to know that if you are ever in the place where you're like, man, I need to be more hungry for Jesus. I need to be more hungry for God. Ask the Lord to increase your wonder and your desire to know him. It's that simple. It's not about how many hours you're praying. It's not about all the things you're doing. It's not about the conferences you're going to or the events that you're a part of or the movements you're a part of. It's about the wonder of knowing him and saying, Lord, I want to know more of you every day. And what does that look like in my life? And I think there is a holy curiosity. You know, that phrase that's going around, like, stay curious. Man, I think that's Jesus speaking to the church and he's saying, stay curious about who I am. Desire to know the depths of me. And when I say the depths of Jesus, that looks different for all of us. If we really uh, believe what the Bible presents us, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit are endless. It was like what we sang today. He's an endless ocean, a bottomless sea. There is no end to the exploration of who God is. He is the cosmos. He is all the things that we think of. He is time and space. Like when you think of that, how can you not continually be hungry to know more about him. And I think it's such a special thing when we really look at spiritual hunger, it's that we have the opportunity to dig deeper into the Lord and he is offering us in a unique way to say, hey, come to me and discover more about me. How many of you guys enjoy discovering more about the Lord? And some of us, it's all different. I mean, I know people who are really studious. I know other people who are more, you know, adventure, more, you know, creative. Either way, the Lord gives opportunity to know him more. And if you look at the word hunger, as I always do when I, when I speak, I like to, uh, you know, give a definition because that's the preacher thing to do. Hunger is defined in having a strong craving or desire. I think that often many of us have a really strong craving for God. I mean, many times I think that there's like an itch. And if you know what I'm talking about, we get like this itch during the day or during life that only like a good moment of worship or being quiet and still before the Lord can can really like solve. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Like when you are just kind of frustrated or you kind of feel like something's off, sometimes that hunger, that craving, that desire is the Lord, your deep, calling out to his deep. And you're saying, Lord, I want to get to know you more. And so giving in to that hunger and that desire is just completely right. It's, it's this craving. It really is. We all crave something. I think there's many people that are walking throughout the earth right now and all just doing what they do. They're all looking for something. They're craving. They're hungry for something more. And Jesus wants to give you that desire. He wants to fill you up to the very brim. And I think that's an exciting, exciting thing to think about is that he wants to respond to a hungry heart. As Bruce Springsteen says, everybody's got a hungry heart. I tried to remember how that song went just a minute ago, and I cannot remember it. Someone sing it to me. John Mark, can you sing it to me? I think you should. Oh, well, just the chorus. The, everybody's got a hungry Is that it, right? Yeah, we're going to be singing a lot of songs this morning, by the way. All right? But I was trying to think of that, and, I, and it, it like resonated with me. I was like, everybody's got a hungry heart. Like all this, like us and them, it's everyone is hungry for something. And God wants to fill that void. I want to read uh, 1 Peter 2.2, the Passion Translation. 
In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life. And I I think that speaks so clearly to just craving the Lord and just saying, Lord, we want you to fill us with your desire, with all this stuff that's in my heart. You are the only one that can fill it. And we are actually meant to like eat from the goodness of God every day. And you probably are saying, what in the world does that even mean? Well, I want to say to you that that actually means something different to each of us to really eat from the Lord and just to like sit and let him feed you. Is that reading the word? Is that spending quiet time? How many of you guys just need to be more quiet during the day? I'm learning that in such a big, big way. Just like go sit in your room, shut up for a second and let the Lord just feed you. And it's so good because when we are communing with him, that's what he's doing. He's feeding us and then we're giving ourselves away to him. And it's, it's, that's how we stay full. And it just, like it says here in first Peter two, two, that we have to intensely crave the pure spiritual milk of God's word. In other words, just, we want to have a desire to say, Lord, I want to know you, whatever it takes, whatever it looks like, I want to know you. And I know that that looks different for me than it does for someone else. But Lord, show me. One thing I want to say is that hunger is healthy. I mean, we all know that. This is a basic thing. But I mean, let's let's think of it this way. If Johan, which this would be a huge shock, if Johan, my youngest son, was not hungry, I would think something is wrong. If he's not if he's not constantly asking me for another freaking snack, I would think something is off. Let's take this child to the hospital. You know what I mean? And so one of the things that I've really had to process through and just to kind of let you guys into my process over the years is I kind of got into this jaded spot um, with that phrase, hunger. Like it, it really bothered me that this was on my heart to share this morning because for some reason the word hungry, which I'll actually explain to you later, really triggers me. Like, I don't know why, if someone looks at me and is like, hey, David, are you hungry? I want to punch them in the face. I don't know why. It's just a thing. And, well, I do know why. I don't know why I keep saying I don't know why. But it, it's just a thing. But one of the things I was thinking of during this time, I was like, man, healthy hunger is just being hungry. It's not this big, like, mathematic equation. It's just hunger is natural. It's needed. It's a response to your body that's needing something. And, and so I, I believe that when we are hungry, we are healthy. And so I want, I want to just really encourage us that if we're ever in this spot where it's like, man, Lord, I, I need to be more hungry. Remind yourself, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm good. I'm hungry. I just continue feasting from the Lord. He will give you what you need. Now, yes, there can, there can be seasons where it's like, Lord, I want to, I want to experience more of you. But I have seen that throw so many people off because they're so fixated on the more instead of the now. They're so fixated on, I've got to level up instead of God just wants to sit and dine with you right now. He wants to, he's got a whole thing laid out on the table, ready to feed you, but you're too busy looking for the next meal. And so often we just got to sit and just say, I want to eat with you, Jesus, and he will feed you and it'll be good stuff. If you don't like seafood, he's not going to give you seafood, which if you don't like seafood, you're crazy. I'm just saying, I'm from Louisiana. You know how that goes. Um, according to the scripture, spiritual hunger is a gift. I want to look at uh, Luke 6, verse 21. 
Blessed are, excuse me, blessed are you who are hungry, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And so when he's saying blessed here, in other words, he's saying, listen, you are absolutely 100% gifted with this gift of hunger. You are gifted with this hunger that you cannot attain on your own. You know, oftentimes what we do in life, what we accomplish with the Lord, we cannot do without his grace. We cannot do without his love. We cannot do without his mercy. And he allows us and gives us the appetite for who he is. We cannot handle who, all who God is. It's like I, I think about, and I know I reference Marvel movies and, um, and wrestling every time I speak, but I think about how many of you guys watched Thor, was it Thor 3, when he meets Eternity? Or the guy meets eternity. I can't remember. But anyway, y'all remember what eternity looked like? Like just, you could not grasp. He was like a shadow. He was light. It was all this kind of stuff. That's how I imagine if we tried to, you know, eat all of who God is. He's like, listen, you can't have this without me giving it to you. So he's saying, I am gifting you with the, with hunger for more of me. I'm giving you the hunger to desire me and to know me more. And so when we realize that hunger is not something we work up, but hunger is something that we are blessed with by the hand of God, it, it changes our whole approach to this spiritual hunger, to this spiritual appetite. And it's, it's such a beautiful thing when you realize that you aren't having to do this within your own strength. How many of you guys have a revelation of that like on a weekly basis? Stop doing it in your own strength. Stop trying to make all this happen. Stop trying to do all this and that with your career, or your family, or your finances, and just lean into God. That doesn't mean you don't make good decisions. That doesn't mean you don't do things, but that means that you've got to lean on him. You've got to let him lead you. And when he leads you, he fills you up, and he gives you what you need. And, uh, you know, I, I remember growing up with the phrase, he's an on-time God. Any of you guys ever heard that one? Like, I think we even sang a song about that. But how many of you guys know when you do have that appetite, he really does feed you and fill you at the right time. And it's really frustrating. Like, I'll give a great for instance. I remember we were in an interesting situation, and it was down to the wire. And it was one of those things where it's down to the wire. Uh, You know, wife and I are fighting. I'm frustrated, and I'm one of those people... Uh, I'm an Enneagram 8, so I'm one of those people. I will just say, okay, this isn't working. This is what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. So I've already made like six or seven contingent plans. They're not working, but Ellery's more like, we just need to wait. And I'm just like, be quiet, you merciful nine. I'm moving forward, you know. And um, And I remember the Lord in the most ridiculous way shows up. I, I walked into a building, and I was handed three separate things that pretty much was the amount of exactly what I needed um, during that time. And this was several years ago. And I remember coming back, I had to humble myself and say, the Lord came through, I should have listened. But you know what? It was like, I finally had to just kind of just go for it and, and whatever. But the whole time the Lord's saying, lean on me and I will give you what you need. In other words, open your mouth and I will fill it. But I was too stubborn to do that. I wonder how much sooner that would have happened if I just would have just leaned into the Lord. And and so, so many times I realize that he is right on time to fill us up. So often if we could just stand still and just say, Lord, 
I want to realize that blessed are those who are hungry for we'll be satisfied. Blessed are those who weep because we will laugh. In other words, Lord, I want to position myself to respond to you truly, but you'll give me what I need. As he says in the word there, those that are hungry, he will fill. Those who are weeping, he will give joy. He gives you what you need in that moment. And so I just, I'm just so thankful for the faithfulness of God to a hungry heart. And then, you know, obviously often hunger makes you seek out what you're craving and it requires a response. Uh, I, I want to speak to the dads here. It's midnight. The wife is asleep. Uh, maybe you've, uh, you know, been watching a show, whatever, and you get that craving and you start digging through the drawers and then you find the snack. But then the next morning your wife wakes up and she's really ticked off because everything's everywhere just so you could find a scoop of peanut butter. Anybody ever been there? I'm just saying, that's kind of my thing. I love a good scoop of peanut butter. It's really nice. Um, but like when you're hungry, you are searching that thing out. You're looking for it. You are tearing the place apart to get what you want. And, and I believe that that is a bit of what the Lord is asking of his people. He desires to be sought after. I was thinking about that earlier this week as we were prepping for a, a meeting that we were doing earlier this week. It was like the Lord wanted to be sought out. I felt that in his heart. He was like, I just want to be sought out. That doesn't necessarily mean the two hours of pacing up and down, but maybe he wanted us to slow down and say, where are you? What, what, where, where can I find you in this space? How can I quiet myself and, and say, Lord, I am seeking you. I'm, you're the only thing that will fulfill this craving and desire. Where are you? And he will show himself at any point to you, when we just slow down and say, Lord, I'm empty. I have this, I have this, this, this deep place in my heart that needs to be nursed. Will you fill me up? And he says, yes. But it's, it takes us being quiet and not being so frantic. Because often when I think about that late night snack kind of like craving and you're digging through everything, you're not thinking straight. A lot of times it's just like, oh, the peanut butter is in the left corner of the pantry. What, why am I being so stupid? Like oftentimes you just got to be like, I'm just going to quiet myself and I'm going to, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm hungry. Will you fill me up? And, and that craving and that desire, he fills because he's faithful. And I think a lot of times, um, you know, when we think of spiritual hunger, it can feel vulnerable and risky. Does anyone relate to that when you're like, okay, I, I'm going to like go after the Lord. Uh, and maybe you feel certain ways, um, it can feel vulnerable and risky. And that is totally normal and natural. And I think a great um, scripture to look at is actually in Luke 19. How many of you guys know the story of Zacchaeus? Okay, this is the other song we're going to sing. And I, I'm hoping someone remembers the next part because I think I've got it mixed up with George of the Jungle. We'll see. But y'all, y'all remember this song like, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a was he yep he climbed up in a sycamore tree for the lord he wanted to see what's the next part yeah okay for some reason i thought it was hey you get down from that tree oh i was like what i was like wait that something's mixed up it was i'm i'm not kidding i'm not kidding i just kept singing that and i was like i swear that's george of the jungle but i could not remember but anyway, I want to read the, I want to read the whole text here and then I just want to break it down real quick because I love this story. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Luke 19, 1 through 10. Uh, if you can be patient with me, I'm going to read the whole thing. So Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. 
He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I gave half of my possessions to the poor. And if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. I mean, there is so much in that story to unpack. And I know this is a children's church story, but this story carries so much weight when you really, really think about it. It's that, as I was saying earlier, Jesus responds to a hungry heart and those who seek him out. So Zacchaeus, let's break this down a little. Zacchaeus was not a liked man. If you have read the Bible at any length, tax collectors are just not painted well. And I guess, I mean, you know, who likes tax collectors? But I mean, tax collectors were not liked. Okay. And so this man is in a crowd. Here comes Jesus, this controversial yet beautiful and wonderful man that people are flocking to get to. They're, they're crowding around. They want to know who he is. And this man says, I want to know so badly who this man is, I will climb this tree. Now, let's think about this. Go back to the tax collector thing. He was a tax collector. He was wealthy. So if you look at it, you've got all these these men, probably no shoes, wearing raggedy robes, having low, uh, what's the placement in society. They, they could have done that. And they're probably saying, like, I'll do anything to get to Jesus. But this wealthy a well-known man decides, I want to climb this tree. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how I'm perceived, but I want to see Jesus. And that is such a beautiful testament to a hungry heart. He didn't do anything wild and crazy, but one of the things that really matters here is that he did not care how he was perceived. He had one goal in mind, and that was to see the man, Jesus Christ. And so he gets up on that tree And so how does Jesus respond to a hungry heart? Jesus could have seen all the people around him. And we've seen Jesus do this in the Bible many times where there were crowds of people. There were Pharisees. There were all these amazing, well-put-together people. But the hungry one he responds to, the the woman with the issue of blood, many other situations, he could have have done all kinds of stuff and impressed them and spoke a great message. But instead, he looked at that person and said, hey, you, come here. Come draw near to me. And so with Zacchaeus, what does he do? He looks at him and says, hey, come down from that tree. And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus didn't invite him to his place. He said, I'm coming to your house. I'm going to eat at your table. And I want to sit and dine with you. And then Zacchaeus' response to that, to Jesus responding to his hunger and his willingness to say, hey, here I am. Jesus' Zacchaeus' response to that was, to say, you know what? I want to right all the wrongs that I have done in my life. And I'm going to give half away. And if I did anyone dirty, I'm going to give them even more. What a testament of what hunger and a response to seeking the Lord does. It's so multi-layered. It's not just, it's not just us. Jesus responds to it, but then 
in Jesus' response and experiences his goodness, experiencing his love, we change. And there are actual results in that. We actually have things that we have to say, we got to adjust this in our lives. I want to right this wrong. I want to be more like Jesus. It's holiness. And, and listen, when I say holiness, holiness is not this big like, holiness, I'm, you know, like high and lifted up above you all. I spend seven hours a day. I float in the air. No, holiness is just saying, I am becoming more like Jesus. And that's what that is. It's he experienced Jesus, and then Jesus calls him and says, I want to have dinner with you. I want to sit with you. And just like that, that invitation, it was like something snapped in Zacchaeus, and he said, everything about me has to change. Everything about me has to respond to this man. Everything about me has to say, I must enter into a new place in my life and my walk because I cannot help but respond to this man. And that's where this hunger comes from. It's responding to who he is. It's staying curious. It's staying in wonder. It's staying in this place of seeking. And yes, there are times where maybe you're giving little whispers to Jesus and saying, here I am. But other times, what if you need to climb that tree and get his attention and say, hey, Jesus, I want to, I want to see you. I want to know you. And, and I love, I love that, um, Jesus actually says, I want to come to your house for dinner because he wants to, he wants to sit with him. He wants, he wants to be at the table with us. He wants to interact. He wants to be uh, conversational with us. He wants to know about the little things. Like I imagine Jesus at that table and they're talking about Zacchaeus's family and his life and his, maybe his decorative. I don't know how you used to decorate back then. Uh, I guess it's just a lot of sand, but maybe he was like, I really like that sand pile in the corner there. Like, what were you thinking? You know, I don't, I don't know. Or Jesus was like, Hey, uh, I noticed you got a lot of water there. Boop. And then he's like, we haven't wine tonight. I don't know. I mean, but you know, it's like, I just think that it's so beautiful and such great imagery when we think about that Jesus didn't just want to do the thing and blah, 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 and peace. But he actually said, I want to sit with you, know you. I want to know the small little details about your life. That's the Jesus that deserves every ounce of hunger that we have. And I love it. Excuse me. Let's look at, um, let's look at John 6. Sorry, I just saw some of my notes that I skipped over and it's hilarious. I have in all caps. I don't know why. Uh, delicious, fulfilling, and nutritious. <laughs> anyway i don't know what i was thinking of that part maybe that was just me having an experience i'm like delicious um but anyway uh uh, let's look at uh john 6 um and and as we know we all know that jesus uh is the bread of life in other words he's the nourishment we don't need to go deep into that but i love what he says here in the scriptures jesus said to them i am the bread of life come every day to me and you will never be hungry believe in me and you will never be thirsty Yet I've told you that even though you've seen me, you still don't believe in me. But everyone my father has given to me, they will come. And all who come to me, I will embrace. And I will never turn them away. And I think there's so much to to look at in the scripture. But one of the things I really want to key in on is that everyday aspect. Um, So there's been something that I feel like the Lord has really been challenging me on. And that is just like to connect with him on a daily basis. Um, and I just feel like that is such a vital thing that I have even taken for granted 
in my life, I've belittled a little bit out of the sake of not wanting to come across too religious. If, if I could just be vulnerable, uh, I have belittled it uh, out of the sake of maybe even cynicism. But it's like the Lord gently uh, just has been nudging me and just like, just connect with me for a second. Just connect with me for, for, for a minute. Um, and, and when I was reading this, that come every day part, it's like, come and eat with me. I am the bread of life. You need a little piece every day. And someday it might be a big piece. Someday it might be a medium piece, but he's saying, come and be with me every day. And that was something I felt like just to challenge us on and not in any kind of religious sense. I really want to make that come across, but it's just that Jesus wants interaction with you. He calls himself the bread of life for a reason because he wants to fulfill your hungry hearts. He wants to fulfill the places that need that nourishment. If it be in your mental state, if it be in your physical body, I mean, my goodness, I know so many people that are going through so many um, just physical ailments and, and issues right now. And, and I feel like the Lord is just saying, just come and, and sit with me and, and just eat with me. And I, I want to give you peace and I want to be with you. I want to sit with you. I want to, I want to nourish you. And, uh, I just feel like the Lord is just, is just inviting us into that space. I feel such a tenderness when I say that, because it's not like this, come and meet with me now. It's here I am. I, I want to meet with you. I want to be that bread. I want to be that nourishment and fulfill the hungry heart that you have. And I just, I, when I think of that, I feel the kindness of God. And, and I'm just so thankful that he is so kind to where he invites us, even when we forget, even when we get busy, which is all good and whatever, it's life. But he's saying, I just a little reminder, I want to sit at the table with you. I want to be the bread of life to you. And I think that's just so um, just special that the Lord has, has spoken that to us. Um, one other thing I, I, I want to say, and which I really feel is important, is spiritual hunger uh, can be contagious. How many, how many of you guys, n- number one and two, um, when you're around someone and you, let's say you've eaten a couple of hours ago, but maybe they bring food around or they start talking about how hungry they are. How many of you guys get hungry all over again? How many are those people, right? Okay. And then second, how many of you guys have been around somebody that is just kind of like on this like other level? Like I'll give you a, for instance, um, if I used to get around or it's still to this day, uh, some of you may or may not know her. I call her the queen mother, but her name is Susie Uri. When I get around Susie, I'm just like, oh yeah, I love Jesus so much. And I'm like, yes, he's alive and he's well. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, there's just something about certain people that draw that out of you. It's contagious. You see, and, it, and when it's real and it's natural and it's not fake, I've been around the other stuff too, and that is not contagious, but the real uh, like hunger for God is contagious. And um, I want to tell a story real quick. I remember, uh, and this is going to be about my trigger for the word hunger. I'm going to tell you, this is where it all came from. I had a youth pastor, I won't say his name, but he, every single day, I would have to go on these drives with him. And I was kind of like his intern or no, actually, I'm going to give you one better. I was his armor bearer. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I was driving. I would drive with him. Um, and um, I remember he had like this old Pontiac something. And uh, we were driving and he would he would always like pray in tongues really loud to make me uncomfortable. And he'd just be like, you know, and I'm like, 
what are you doing? <laughs> you know, and, and anyway, he would look at me and be like, are you hungry? And I was like, and at first I didn't understand. I was like, yeah, I can eat. Yeah. They're like <laughs> little bowl of gumbo wouldn't be bad. Nobody's like, no, no, David, are you hungry? And I was like, for what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, th- this feels like a trick question, you know? And so then after a while, I finally, you know, realized after like the 10,000 speech about hunger, um, I realized, oh, I, that's what he means. And so, yeah, he would drive me around all the time. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? So anyway, one day he spoke this message, uh, and he did, you know, the youth pastor's thing, which is an illustrated message. Um, you guys know illustrated messages. They got the thing. They do, you know, this was probably the most, um, gross illustrated message I've ever seen, but it stuck with me. So even though I pray I'm never that illustrated message guy, this stuck with me and it worked. And I remember it. He brought in a very large rotisserie chicken, like fresh, like whoever got it, like must have just got it. And I mean, this thing smelled heavenly. It was wonderful. It was like the, the steam was still coming off of it. And he just kept, he just spoke on, on hunger. And so, but this was what he was doing as he was speaking. He was just, he had the whole chicken. And he was just eating it grease all over his face. The chicken was dropping. He was, he was speaking close enough to us to where he was spitting the food on us. And we were like, you know, whatever. But for some reason I was still like, I'm going to eat that chicken, <laughs> you know? And, um, and, and and he was just like, are you hungry? And we were like, yes, but not for God, for that freaking chicken. You know, we we're like, give us that. Um, but anyway, I remember that message because it, it, it showed me a couple of things. Number one, hunger actually really is contagious. Number two, that spiritual hunger, uh, that, that whole message in a strange, weird way marked me. And I'll never forget it because I remember his points. I remember all that stuff. But I remember that day. It was like I got an actual revelation from God. Not not necessarily that message because I didn't hear a word he said, I guess. I just was looking at that chicken. Uh, of what spiritual hunger really looks like and for me. And, and I remember walking away and being like, oh, Lord, you want me just to desire you and follow you. And, and like, that are you hungry phrase doesn't have to make me feel that way. It's actually an invitation from you. And I don't need to worry about all that other stuff and that you are my nourishment and you want to meet me and you want to fill me and you want to sit with me and you want to make a table with me and eat with me. And it was like something just clicked. It was like, oh yes, even though that phrase drives me nuts, that message was disgusting yet somehow enticing. And, uh, you know, all of the things combined, it was like the Lord still was showing me this is what it looks like for you, David, to be hungry and for me to fill you up. And it was like something changed that day. And I still walk in that reality of this, of this real organic scripture led, Holy Spirit led hunger that is not in works or striving or anything else, but it's just between he and I. And he says, I will fill you. I will meet you. It's not about what other people say you need. It's about what I say, according to my word, through the Holy Spirit. And it's just such a beautiful um, moment in my life that I'll never forget. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I, I believe Jesus really wants to set a table. Um, and, and speaking of this hunger being contagious, I think it's so vital for us to stay hungry as people following the Lord. Um, because here's the thing. He didn't just make this table for us. Our hunger is actually meant to draw people to Jesus. Our hunger is actually meant for these neighborhoods around Queen City Church. Um, 
and, and for people to come to Jesus. And so when I say that, I'm not necessarily saying they need to see the glory cloud coming out of the, the, the doors. But what they need to see is the hunger in our eyes and the, the love in our hearts and the desire to know God. And people will be drawn to that because he wants to set a table, not just so we can fill the chairs over and over with just us. He wants people to experience him. And I believe that's a heart he has for Queen City Church is that our desire for the Lord is not unto ourselves only. It's actually to draw people in so that we can see them experience Jesus in a beautiful way and that they will begin to be hungry for the more of God and the more that they're so curious about. And then they will also bring other people. That's the beautiful thing about salvation is that this seeking holy curiosity that the Lord wants us to lean into is not unto ourselves. It's for others. And when we start to think about that, it's like, wow, it's like, man, you are the, the way you work is so beautiful. It's a little complicated, but it's beautiful. And I'm so just thankful that the Lord is setting a table and saying, bring all people to me. And I want to feed them. I want to nourish them. Uh, last little thing I want to say is this is, um, I was listening to a podcast and some of it has some of my well, current friends, but we just think differently now, which is great. Uh, I, I love that. We talk all the time. Uh, but it was uh, a group of them. I don't even know if the podcast still exists, but it was popular a couple of years ago. And um, they were talking about pretty like strongly about how like religion's dying, church is dying, blah, blah. And they were like, they were like kind of stoked about it. Well, one of the guys speaks up and he says, um, he says, okay, yes. Uh, if you look, church attendance is, is getting lower, especially with like Gen Z and blah, blah, blah. But he was like, there is, and he actually used this exact phrase he said, there is a spiritual hunger out there, according to surveys, that has not been around in quite some time. And people are looking and are hungry for something more. They're hungry for something else. They just don't know how to put language to it. And man, when I heard that, it was like something struck in me. And I was like, man, this is what we are supposed to do. People everywhere are hungry. People everywhere are seeking. People everywhere have this spiritual hunger. Everyone in this room has a spiritual hunger one way or the other. But it's how can we lean into that and get our nourishment from Jesus? How can we lead these people, this entire generation, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, and whatever whatever other gens are coming up? Uh, we got to lead them to Jesus in the truest way. I just want to go ahead and say this. The way that we have pushed many things in the past, and I'm not talking about this church, but just the narrative in general, it has not worked. But we need to lead them to the, to the Jesus of love. And yes, the Jesus that says, change your life. And yes, the Jesus that says that he, he wants to meet you and know you and, and fulfill you. We don't want to give them some kind of like, you know, perfectly formed Jesus for them. That's wrong. I'm saying, yes, Jesus, according to the word, but we need to be able to reach out to these people who are hungry and searching. There's an entire group of people in this city that are doing that. They, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They just need somebody to sit down and the hunger in our eyes will inspire them to ask questions and say, I've got a hunger in my heart. What do you have? What's different about you? How can I get to know what you have? And what an opportunity to look at them in the eye and share with them the goodness of God.
Share with them the goodness of Jesus. This is why he loves to respond to a hungry heart because it's the most open, it's the most vulnerable, and he's just saying, I want to fill you up. And it's not just for church. It's for those that are, that are practicing, uh, you know, um, Buddhism or those that are uh, deconstructing or whatever. It, 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 all the things he's saying, I want to meet you where you're at. I want to speak with you, talk with you, love on you. You're not disqualified from my love. He wants to meet these hungry hearts. And so I, I, just, I just really want to land in this place of that spiritual hunger is necessary. Spiritual hunger is actually in all of us, but it's how we cultivate it. And it's how we um, even think about it in our minds. And we can't make it into this works mentality. It's wonder. It's leaning into who he is. It's knowing that God will meet you in a beautiful space because that is how good he is. So spiritual hunger is not in vain. It has a purpose. It has a place in your life. And I just want to, I just want to remind us of that. And so if we can, can we stand real quick? Um, I'm going to pray for a couple of things. Um, I, I want to pray first for our spiritual hunger in our lives and then Two, I just really feel this burning in my heart to pray for those that are hungry for something more but don't know what it is and that Jesus would meet them. And I even want to specifically pray for this area that QCC has their hands to. Yes, Charlotte, but just like, I mean, just, just a couple mile radius. Just begin to pray for, for the, the people that are living in the houses, the apartments or whatever else. But So let's pray for us real quick first. Lord, I pray that you would... Show us what it looks like to be hungry for you, Lord, to have a hungry heart, to be like Zacchaeus and say, Lord, I, I, I want to climb that sycamore tree. I want to, I want to get up there so I can, I can see you and, and, and seek you out. Lord, sometimes seeking you out looks like a little whisper. Sometimes seeking you out looks like, you know, getting, getting up and moving and, and doing something out of the ordinary, whatever that looks like, I pray that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would give us a healthy spiritual hunger that is based on our love for you, not on works. Lord, I pray that you would increase our wonder for you, our, our desire to know different aspects of you, different, um, different little parts of who you are. And so, Lord, I pray that you would increase that level of spiritual desire and hunger for you and your word and your spirit. And, Lord, I pray that you would show us anything that is in the way of that, if it just even be anxiety. Lord, I know that's one for me personally. Lord, just, Lord, just I pray that you would remove anxiety from, from my life that doesn't allow you into those spaces that I'm, I need that nourishment from you. And so, Lord, I pray that we would remove anything that is in the way of that and that we would learn to eat from you our daily bread. If it be a minute, if it be an hour, if it be through song, if it be through creativity, if it be through just writing or, or even thinking and contemplating on who you are. Lord, show us how to stay hungry and stay in wonder with you. And then, Lord, we want to pray for those that are seeking and hungry, even in this area. 
even around, just even in the houses in the couple mile radius, Lord, we, we pray that they would find you, Lord, just small conversations, eye contact, little things, um, whatever way you want to do it, Lord, I pray that you would fill hungry hearts with your love, your truth, your righteousness, your blessing, your hand. Lord, we pray for the single mothers around here that are saying, how am I going to get through this? Lord, I need community. I need something. Lord, I pray that it would find community here. Lord, I pray for, for broken families that are saying, we're hungry for something healthy and we're hungry for a life that is, that is full of joy and passion and beauty. Lord, I pray they would find it here. They would find it in maybe in other churches that are around, but they would find it rooted in you and your love, that they would experience your love and your salvation and your joy and that their bellies would be full of your good, wonderful love. Lord, we just pray that you would fill up every need, every space. Lord, we love our city. We love this area. We know that you have placed us in here to be a part of of your plan to feed and to love on every single person. So Lord, we just bless this area. And Lord, we say that you would fill the hungry hearts in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. All right. Give it up for David Valier one more time. Um, before I close out the meeting, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to, I guess the word is a bring a confirmation. That's the spiritual language. I just wanted to bring a confirmation. I woke up in the middle of the night this week thinking about everything that David was talking about today. So since me and David were both thinking about it, then it obviously is from the Lord because he only <laughs> speaks to me. No, of course. Um, uh, and actually, I, I think I woke up because I had a stomachache from eating too many chips at Josh Jensen's house. But the Lord was really speaking to me about this exact subject. And, I, I, and, and as David was speaking, I, had, I just had a few thoughts I want to say in closing, um, to close out the meeting. But it's really great to know that you have a spiritual need. It is really good to know. That several years ago when I was sort of adulting, I went through a really hard time. And it turns out, I just didn't know what was going on with me. And I had a really good counselor who said, you realize that you have needs. And when your life is upside down and off the tracks, it's always because there's, because there's a need somewhere that's not being met. And when a need isn't met in one area of your life, you try and overcompensate for it in other areas of your life. And you get off balance. And things over time go like they do when they're off balance. The train tends to come off the tracks. You know, uh, this is so crazy, but I was thinking, you guys ever you, look on the package of salt and see iodized, iodized salt? Is that how you say it? And like, why? Have you ever thought, like, why in the world do we sell iodized salt? Do you get salt without iodine in it? But apparently, there was a time in the United States when certain people lived too far away from the coast and they were not getting certain things in their system and they would start growing goiters and they would develop this disease that affected them. I can't remember what the disease is called. Does anyone know what it's called? And, they, and so the government tried to figure out how to get iodine to everyone, so they started putting it in salt. Because they had a need that wasn't getting met, and their life went off, right? And so it's really not condemnation. And that's really what I think, I, 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 that's what I'm getting from David anyway today, is that we get tired of hearing this thing about, you have to be hungry for God. It's like, no, like, 
You are hungry for God. The beauty is that you don't realize you're hungry for God sometimes. You don't realize you have a spiritual need and you wonder why things aren't working. You know, because we do have material needs. I'm not saying that we don't have material needs, but I heard this week as a music producer who works with a lot of famous people talking about his like in that world, there's a lot of desperate, depressed people. Because can you imagine if you worked your whole life towards a dream that you thought was going to satisfy you and you got there and you felt exactly the same as you did when you started? He says, because a lot of famous people feel that way. They feel like their success is somehow going to fulfill something and it doesn't. Because we don't always recognize that we have a spiritual need and we try and fill it with other things. It's kind of a classic message, right? (laughs) But when you lose meaning and purpose in life, it's because it may be because you're spiritually starving. And I just want to say this before we dismiss the meeting. But how are you getting your spiritual needs met? Do you have any plan or intention whatsoever to meet your spiritual needs? It doesn't have to, it's not a religious thing. It's kind of like eating. Is eating religious? I'd be okay with it if it was. (laughs) You know? But how are you getting your spiritual needs met? What time are you taking? What thought are you putting into it? Think about it. Thank you guys so much. Hey, we have um, prayer teams for anybody who needs prayer. Um, You guys usually over here. If you need prayer for whatever's going on in your life. And thank you guys so much. We love you. Go eat some great food today. All right? You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.